In the summer of 2019, two years and several lifetimes ago, Reverend Carl shared a Google Doc with me, one that we've updated constantly and continually to communicate about the work of this internship. But it was with some surprise when I first looked at this document that I saw it already contained the titles of my first and last sermons to be preached here at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Frederick as your intern minister. The title written for my first sermon, uh, which I gave on September 15th, 2019 was My Journey to Unitarian Universalism. The title already written for my final sermon, this sermon was what really matters? And even though I have known that title for two years, and even though I have known this was coming, and even though all that has happened in the last two years has utterly eclipsed anything we could possibly have anticipated, and even though I take this ministry seriously, this community seriously, and this farewell message seriously, still, still, every time I see that title, I can hear Freddie Mercury singing the line from Queen's iconic song, Bohemian Rhapsody, nothing really matters to me. Okay, I got that out of my system. <clears throat> and with that done, I'd like to briefly return to some of the words that I used as our chalice lighting today from the introduction to John Green's The Anthropocene Reviewed. When my breastbone starts to hurt and my throat tightens and tears well in my eyes, I want to look away from feeling. I want to deflect with irony or anything else that will keep me from feeling directly. We all know how loving ends, but I want to fall in love with the world anyway, to let it crack me open. I want to feel what there is to feel while I am here. We all know how loving ends, but I want to fall in love with the world anyway, to let it crack me open. Or in the words of Hazrat Inayat Khan, a Sufi mystic and teacher of universal Sufism, God breaks the heart again and again until it stays open. And we named this during the release from Covenant Reverend Carl reminded us this is the truth of the life of a congregation and of our living tradition itself. We're joined by new companions and we must bid farewell to those whose journey with us ends as each individual journey must do. But your journey as a congregation, a people who teach continues as of course do each of our own journeys as we move and shift and join the life of other communities, meet new people, and explore new ways of being. I like very much that the title of this sermon is a question. It feels very Unitarian Universalist. And it's a question I think we can ask of many aspects of both our time together and of our leave taking. What really matters about your role as a teaching congregation? What matters about the duties, the responsibilities, and the gifts of this commitment to help form and shape new Unitarian Universalist ministers? Teaching congregations matter. They are of vital importance because the work of ministry cannot be learned through a single pedagogical lens. Books are very important to ministry, but they're also 
nowhere near enough. And as our living tradition has grown and shifted over time, we've also learned about the many different ways that humans learn. Some of us are audiovisual learners. Some of us are more kinesthetic learners. Some of us do learn very well from books. And some of us have trouble grasping the concept until we're in a conversation around it. Some of us are spatial learners. I cannot read a description of how to do a physical thing and then do it. Sometimes pictures don't even help. And yes, I am thinking of assembling Ikea furniture right now. Sometimes I just need to have my hands on the thing and have someone else show me what the heck to do with it. No single thing makes a minister. No single thing has made me a minister. And you, beloved congregation, I will remind you, you are not a single thing. That's the beauty and gift of the teaching congregation. I can read your bylaws, I can walk your grounds, I can see your faces, I can hear the music and shake your hands, and um, I have to talk about the thing that has taught me the most. I have to talk about the pandemic. Specifically, I want to talk about us, about you, about how all of us together handled and struggled to handle the global COVID-19 pandemic that descended when I was only six months into my two years of internship. Please believe me when I say I am not trying to gloss over the pain, struggle, hardship, loss, grief, and trauma of the pandemic, which is not over. I am not trying to gloss that over in order to turn it into a teaching tool. Acknowledging that it has taught me does not mean that I wouldn't have preferred to somehow receive these lessons without all of that pain, without that particular teacher. The pandemic, like every aspect of life, is complicated and contains many things that appear contradictory. It has been awful. I have lost so much. We have lost so much. Our community has lost so much. And there are things I have gained. Speaking only to my own experience, religious community and religious leadership during a pandemic have caused me to do a lot of hard work and deep reflection to find the heart of what those terms even mean. What about them really matters? What really matters about the way we have stayed a community, the ways that we have changed as a community, and the ways the lessons that you all have for me have changed during this time of strangeness, geographical and physical separation. There's a saying that's been around specifically in Christian churches for a long time, the church is not the building. Our congregation has a gorgeous building, beautiful grounds that I have missed very much. But the pandemic has taught me in a way possibly nothing else could have that when I aspire to religious leadership, that is an aspiration that is people-centered. It is relationally centered. The congregation resides within each of us. The community we carry in our hearts and the values that we affirm and promote 
both when we gather in person and when we act in the world, each on our own. Those are what make us a congregation. That's where we come to learn, to celebrate, to grieve, to rage, to mourn, to laugh. What could matter more than the continual creation of space, mental, emotional, spiritual space, in addition to physical space, creating a space where all those things can be shared, where we can admit when we're struggling, when we can't find the meaning, can't find the thread of story to sustain us, and where we may find someone else who has a story of their own to share, where we can create new ones together. That is what I am called to do. And that is what you, UUCF, have affirmed and taught me again and again. We can create the stories within this world that make us want to keep telling them. We can uplift the voices that can be hard to hear and we make our chorus all the richer for doing so. What matters is creation, the creation of relationships, the creation of meaning, the creation of stories, the creation both of safety and of challenge, the kind of challenge that encourages us into new and different and better ways of thinking and being and doing. You have taught me so much about creating all these things and creating them at a physical distance. I'm sorry we had to learn these lessons this way. And I am forever grateful that it is you, each one of you, who has taught me. I'll bring us back to the original question, what really matters? And now I will shift focus from what matters about our time together to what really matters about our leave taking. Goodbyes are hard and heartbreaking. Yes, Hope, I will miss you a lot too. And of course, this particular goodbye has also been irrevocably changed by the pandemic. If this had been a regular internship, we might be having a special presentation today, maybe a reception afterward. There would have been hugs and tears and laughter. I'm sad that we can't be together, and I'm angry at the circumstances that were within human control that still led to this separation. And I'm grateful that our community cared enough to keep each other safe by keeping our distance. And I miss you, and I will miss you. But very important things also happen because of our leave-taking. For one, I get to take my ministry out into the wider world, which I could not do without saying goodbye. I have worked for this for such a long time and have given up so much, even as I have gained yet more. I long to see how my ministry grows and flourishes in the world, in other places and spaces. And I will take this moment to remind you, as Reverend Carl already has, that part of our work together is not complete, I will soon have more information to share about my upcoming ordination, that sacred act when the congregation officially affirms my ministry and bestows the title of reverend. My ministry will continue to grow because of you. Another very important thing that happens because of our leave taking is that room is made for you all to become teachers again. 
to remain a teaching congregation to support Reverend Carl's calling and great talent in guiding new ministers in formation. Believe me when I say that there are many of my colleagues who were not as fortunate, not as blessed as I feel to have had the chance to learn and grow here with you and Frederick. Not every community has the resources, the time, or the dedication to support the work of being a teaching congregation. You are sharing a gift of such great abundance with the world and with our faith tradition by doing this work. Any future intern minister will be fortunate to work with you, to learn from you, to discover their own true ministerial identity while at home in your beloved community. The overwhelming emotion I feel at the end of my tenure as your intern minister is gratitude. It's hard to summon the correct words as it feels far too large an emotion to fit within such small and imperfect containers. And so this will probably not come as a surprise to any of you, but I'm going to try and to try and capture the fullness of my gratitude I am turning to poetry. During the course of the pandemic time, I believe I may have accumulated more books of poetry than textbooks. And I'll let you know that I shared this fact with the president of my seminary and he said, I approve. Texts enrich the mind and poetry tends and grows the spirit. And few, few poets tend my spirit as much as Ross Gay, who in some biographical blurbs changes whether he lists poet first or gardener. When thinking of expressing gratitude, I reached for his collection called Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude because that's what I have for you. I'd love to share the entire title poem with you, but it's very long and it contains a good number of curse words. That said, I recommend you look it up and spend time with it if what I share resonates with you. I'll share the final stanzas of the poem. Catalog of Unabashed Gratitude by Ross Gay. And you, again, you, for hanging tight, dear friend. I know I can be long-winded sometimes. I want so badly to rub the sponge of gratitude over every last thing, including you, which, yes, awkward. The suds in your ear and armpit, the little sparkling gems slipping into your eye. Soon it will be over, which is precisely what the child in my dream said, holding my hand, pointing at the roiling sea and the sky hurtling our way like so many buffalo, who said, it's much worse than we think, and sooner. To whom I said, no duh, child in my dreams. What do you think this singing and shuddering is? What this screaming and reaching and dancing and crying is other than loving? What every second goes away. Goodbye, I mean to say. And thank you every day. Thank you. And to return to what really matters about ministry, it's not just creation, because there is no creation without destruction. Creation endlessly folds in on itself, 
relationships and mysteries remain unsolved, garden beds are overturned, and we despair ever finding a new shoot of growth until we do. And we always do. And it is always miraculous in its stubborn persistence. This is what I think John Green means when he says, we all know how loving ends, but I want to fall in love with the world anyway to let it crack me open. I want to feel what there is to feel while I am here. This is what I think Hazrat Inyat Khan meant when he said, God breaks the heart again and again until it stays open. And we conclude our own services each week, acknowledging that we are each different for having spent this time together. I am different for having spent time with you. You have co-created my ministry, have challenged me, and have loved me more fully into being. Thank you. To prepare for this service, I reviewed the recording of my first sermon here from 2019, and I noted with great joy and surprise and delight that I selected the same hymn that I have today, Love Will Guide Us. And please do sing along at home if the spirit moves you, and remember, as the lyrics say, that you can change the world with your love. You already have. You do every day. Thank you.